Traveling the Vortex Diamonds are forever Hold one up and then caress it we joined the doctor as he travels the vortex and arrive at episode 538, where diamonds are a Whovian's best friend. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys doing? Sean, you're back fresh off your uh, boat trip. How'd that go? Fresh from the boat. Um, yeah, it was it was kind of nice. We, uh, we, we took a trip and went on a cruise out of L.A., uh, which absolutely killed me to be in L.A. the weekend of Galley. <laughs> <laughs> and not go to galley i mean I, I i drove past it twice you know it's like there it is i'm not stopping uh but instead we went and uh drove down to long beach after flying in lax and hopped on board a cruise ship and went sailing across the mexican riviera and had uh three stops um i'm gonna struggle with pronunciation here so bear with me puerto vallarta which we did not plan uh, an excursion there, which was kind of unfortunate because we got off the ship and um, after you get through the kind of um, security barricades, which were very like World War II, Nazi Germany, nobody goes into this area. I mean, big high fences and <laughs> barbed wire and the whole, <laughs> the whole bit. Uh, and then you had to cross a, a highway and there was a mall and a Walmart and a Sam's Club, and it was very, you know, if you didn't go on an excursion there, you didn't really see much of Puerto Vallarta. It was just kind of uh -oh. like, well, th this looks like everywhere else. It's just Mexico. Um, so we, we kind of headed back to the ship and enjoyed it since everybody else was gone. And then the second port was Maz Mazatan? Mazatan? Mazalan? I think it's it's got a T, but it's silent. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and... It was literally a port, and by that I mean you, you got up on deck and you looked out and you saw shipping containers and forklifts, and uh, <laughs> once again, if you did not plan an excursion, you were not going to get off the ship here, because there was nothing to do there. Marzipan, uh, isn't that the uh, plastic frosting they put on some cakes? It is, and it's apparently from Mexico and quite delicious. You can actually eat the town. It's like Willy Wonka. <laughs> um, and then uh, finally we went to Cabo San Lucas. And that one we did have an excursion planned and took a nice little boat ride over to see the famous uh, arch, which is a big granite rock structure. Uh, and um, the world famous arch. <laughs> don't the we? Don't we? World famous arch. Don't we have that? You were a little off. It's <laughs> not um, a little Mexico. off course. <laughs> While we were out there, the 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 boat captain spotted whales and chased them down. And we spent twenty <laughs> minutes watching humpback whales breach, which was pretty awesome. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Darby whales. And then uh, uh, went and hung out on the beach and had a nice uh, nice lunch, and then uh, did some shopping. And I, I, I mean, I knew going shopping in Cabo, we were going to get, you know, the quote unquote standards. There was going to be a t-shirt. We were going to get a shot glass, that kind of stuff. Now I keep in mind, we booked this trip long before the chiefs managed to get into the Super Bowl. <laughs> and then suddenly I realized I will be at sea <laughs> on Super Bowl Sunday this game better be in a bar somewhere on the ship because I'm going to go out of my mind if I can't watch the Super Bowl. Uh, and I needn't have worried because it was on every television in every bar on every <laughs> screen. <laughs> they had it on the Lido deck and it was, you know, so that, that was kind of fun as a, a football cruise as it was because everybody came out and the, the surprising, maybe not surprising, large number of Chiefs fans on the ship. Hmm. Um, but uh, so, you know, I expected some, semblance of okay i'm gonna get these souvenirs i would not normally travel to mexico to buy chiefs memorabilia <laughs> <laughs> they had chiefs memorabilia in every shop you walked up to they had something uh football was very big down there obviously you know because it's super bowl week but not just chief stuff i mean they had Steelers and uh you know 
Green Bay, you name it, they had it. Well, don't they play one so exhi- exhibition game down there every year? I think they do in Mexico, yeah, in Mexico or in Mexico, Mexico and London, I think. But um, so we're walking back toward the the tour bus, and there's this really nice looking. It almost looks like a Harry Potter scarf. It's got the red and the gold of the Chiefs colors, and you know the logo on it and everything. And I'm like, oh, that's really nice. I don't need it, you know. I don't. And she's trying to lure me in. The shopkeeper's like, oh, come look in. I was like, no, I, I don't need a scarf. It's not a scarf. Was it a blanket? No. And she takes it down. It's a poncho. <laughs> cool. <laughs> like an authentic Mexican poncho, you know, like Pancho Villa would wear on a horse, but it's chief's colors. And I went, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and after Mel looked at me, it was like, is this what you want? And I held it up to me and she goes, okay, yeah, that's pretty darn cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I bought a Chiefs poncho to wear. Here nice. Now, in my defense, it was that or the uh, the, the red and gold Arrowhead logoed Mucha Lucha mask, and I figured I could get a little more use out of the poncho. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Which came first, um, the uh, garment that you wear, or the uh, general from the Mexican Revolution? That is a very good question. I do not know the answer to that. Keith, Mdaba. To the Google. Do do the thing. But no, we, we spent a lot of time on the ship just kind of enjoying it because everybody else got off the ship and we were like, eh, that means there's nothing, you know, there's no line. Let's go do the thing. So uh, we had a good time and I got through some more of my book. I'm still reading Stephen King's fairy tale because I'm taking it in very small doses, but I, I got through a good chunk of it while we were on uh, on the trip and relaxed a little bit and watched a great football game. So I was, I was very pleased. It was a nice time. Okay. And thank good. I, I have to throw out a, a very quick shout out to the wonderful guy at the United counter. I think I told the story, the previous uh, recording session where we were flying to LA by way of Dulles international airport in Washington, DC. Did I say that? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So we get there and we check in and the guy looks at our boarding passes and he stops and he goes, your final destination's LAX? We said, yeah. Why are you going to Washington? And we said, we don't know. That's just where they routed us through. <laughs> and he, he goes, that don't make any sense. He said, hold on a second. So he gets on the phone, and he tappy, 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 calls somebody. He says, hey, I'm putting three people on your plane. Was that aggressive? <laughs> yeah, we'll deal with it. And he hangs up. And he says, you're going to go down to this other gate, and we have a flight that's going to Denver. It leaves right now. And then you only have a half hour layover before the next flight kicks off to go to LAX. Nice. He shaved four and a half hours off our travel time. Nice. And we were like, oh, thank you so much, kind sir. <laughs> I wanted to hug him. <laughs> <laughs> so that, yeah, that was my week. I had, I had a pretty, pretty exciting week. Nice. Mine was pretty low key. Didn't do much. Went and saw uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania over the weekend with the family. It was good. It? It's good. I really liked it. It, it I don't want to say it was underwhelming because it wasn't. It's it's a well-paced, well-put-together, fun, visually stunning film. But I think what happened was, and I actually was kind of grateful for this, but I always try not to let my speculation become my expectation. And I mm-hmm. I've, I've gone into films, you know, all the time doing that. And so what happened was back with Spider-Man No Way Home, everybody was pointing to the multiple Spider-Mans and Andrew Garfield and uh, Tobey Maguire and blah, 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 and Daredevil and blah, blah, blah. And I got so hyped up about that over other people's expectations <laughs> that <laughs> I went into that worried that it was going to be a letdown when it didn't have those and it did have those. And then this time, without spoiling anything, there were a, there was a lot of talk of a way that this was going to go. The majority of you know people that talk about this and speculate on this, um, either on YouTube or podcasts or whatever, were kind of all on board with this idea, or the majority of them anyway, of something happening or going a certain way. To the point where I thought, oh, okay, that's probably right. That's probably where it's going to go. And it doesn't go there. And so I was actually quite relieved, but on the flip side, I think I went in there with this preconceived, this is what's going to happen. So I was waiting for it to happen and it doesn't happen. 
And so, uh, yeah. And so I think that might have kind of tainted my viewing. So I want to go back now with a fresh set of eyes without those expectations and get a second look at it. But I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. Um, it, it's good. It's, it, it is a nice little way. It's not a complex way, but it is a nice little way to kick off uh, phase five. And I think it is, it will do a, it, it's going to do a fairly good job of setting up the Kang saga. Um, that's all I can say without spoiling anything, really. So it wasn't overly complex? No, it wasn't. Now, I think that the movie feels, or the, the producers felt like they needed to catch people up that maybe didn't see Loki. Uh, oh, okay. But they do it. I think for me, it felt like a rehash, but they do it in such a different way. There, there, there's a theory also I have that I, I can't wait till you guys see this because I want to talk to you about it. Although I think I'm, I've, I finally started poking holes in my own theory, but there's a theory, there's a theory about uh, something that, that, that is set up in this that I, I, I kind of wonder if maybe they're going a certain direction with it, but, mm. but no, I enjoyed it. It was, it's a lot of fun. And I, uh, I probably will go out and buy the book that, uh, Scott Lang has, I, there's no secret. He, he's written <laughs> a book. book. Yeah. He's written a book. In, uh, the Yeah. Scott's written a book about, um, saving basically, the yeah, his life and saving the yeah, world yeah, and everything. Yeah. That book actually exists in the real world. They actually wrote that book and it's in, I think it's either out in stores now or it's coming out in stores soon. So I, I plan to pick that up so I can read it. <laughs> what about you, Keith? Not much of anything new. Um, Last of Us continues to be phenomenal and really good. And I picked back up the video game and I'm working through it very slowly. I think I'm up to the getting close to the point where I quit the first time. Mm. So hopefully I can pass that and keep going. I've heard nothing but good things about that show. The show has been absolutely. I don't know what the right word is for it, but it is just good. It's just solid. The beginning of it has very much season one Walking Dead vibes, but then it starts branching off in different directions and does different things, so it doesn't feel so familiar all the time. And then where they left it now, I know I saw the next time trailer, but I don't know where they're going to go after this most recent episode, so that's kind of nice to not know what's going to happen next. Hmm. All right, before we move on to news, uh, what's the verdict on uh, Pancho? Looks like 1850s was the most was the only date I could find for the man, or the, <laughs> the man or the for, for, for the garments. Oh, okay. But I think it goes back further than that. Okay. And he was well. He died in 1923. Yeah. I'm gonna go out on a limb and, and say it was probably named for him. Oh, it oh, is. It? He is Pancho, and that's Pancho. He has an A, it has an O. Oh, well, there you go. That There's the difference. Oh, well, they're not related at all. Not related, not related at, all. at all. And I don't know if he ever wore a poncho. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's probably very few pictures from the late 1800s. Oh, there is one on Wikipedia. Yeah, there's quite a few pictures, actually, on Wikipedia. <laughs> and he's always in a suit. Uh, I, Yeah, it's more of a gaucho outfit, but yeah. Oh, yeah. no, you're right. There, No, there's ones where he's actually in a suit. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, the one on a horseback, he's he's kind of got a gaucho outfit. Yeah. This one, too. Huh. Yeah, he's in a suit a lot of these, though. <laughs> they used to wear the poncho in part of military, too. So ah. That was the date I saw related, so I think it went even traced back further as far as traditional roots. Hello, fellow time travelers, and welcome to the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the only podcast to discuss, in story order, all the Doctor Who novelizations. My name is Tony Whip, and every two weeks or so, I'm joined by a two- to three-person discussion panel, including our so-called expert who's been a Who fan since 1979. That would be me. We also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including Dalton Hughes and Allison Fitzsafried. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex. 
a Direction Point podcast. Hi, I'm Rupert Booth. I am known as Paul Ferry. And my name is Barry Williams. Together, we host Time Ram. Time Ram's a cruel mistress. It's a random number generator. That also. We roll a number from 1 to 13, and that's our doctor. Then 1 to 300 for the story, and then we ram them together. Even if it doesn't make sense. Cruel, I tell you. Time Ram. Putting the wrong doctors in the wrong stories, so you don't have to. You're listening to Travelling the Vortex. All right, well, let's move on to news. So the news this week is that Big Finish announced a box set for Ronnie Chandra called Ronnie Takes on the World, and it's going to come out in April 2023. Ronnie Takes on the World, colon, Beyond Bannerman Road. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Got to get the Bannerman Road in there because to to me, that's what says this is a spinoff of the Sarah Jane Adventures. Not, Not that having, you know... Uh, Ronnie Chandra's right. <laughs> uh, not that that wasn't enough, but you know, right. she could be traveling with the doctor at this point, which you know, that thing we all wanted to happen that didn't happen yet. So well, yeah. and it's Anjali Mohindra and uh, Daniel Anthony uh, reprising yep. the role, and the, and the mom. What was her name? Uh, Gita. Gita. Well, that's uh, the, Mita Gita Anwar. Name. Yeah, Mita Anwar. Yeah. So yeah, they're all making a, a return to. Uh, Pass the or carry on the torch that uh, Sarah Jane left. So I'm I'm excited for that. I think that's pretty cool. I think it's such a clever idea, having Ronnie become the next Sarah Jane and Mm. then reuniting her with Clyde. Yes, sign me up. Absolutely, (laughs) very much so. I'm on board with that. We don't have long to wait either. It's April of 2023, according to Big Finish this year. So two months away. Yeah. Do you collect Doctor Who? Do you have Doctor Who items and you don't know you collect Doctor Who? For all things in the Doctor Who collecting world, tune in to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, a Direction Point Network podcast. I am Larry Van Rusbergen, your host, and I have been collecting Doctor Who for 40 years. With popular features like collection protection and the most outrageous offer, we have a lot of fun. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point Network podcast. You are invited on an adventure across all of time and space, in a completely random order. It's the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. Jump in the TARDIS with your hosts, Eric Goldbranson, Asad Cheshki, and Matthew Kressel. Explore Doctor Who TV stories, audio adventures, and books, both novels and non-fiction. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. It's the entire Who-niverse. On Shuffle, the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a member of the Direction Point Network and is available about once a month wherever you find your podcasts. You are listening to Traveling the Vortex. All right, well, let's move on to our review, which we are doing something a little bit different this week. Um, We've decided that, uh, actually, this is probably our first 60th anniversary year special that we've done. Uh, We're taking a look back over the years of the Diamond Doctor Who logos that uh, they've utilized. And we've picked um, two, four, six, eight of them. Um, there are certainly more variations on what we're going to discuss, but we decided we wanted to narrow it down and we're going to talk about each different logo and what we like about them. And then at the very end, I'm going to ask you guys to tell me which of these eight is your favorite. All right. Well, to start off with the, the diamond logo actually goes all the way back to 1973, uh, made its debut on the uh, television series, Dr. Who. Uh, the Time Warrior uh, was the first story to feature the Doctor Who diamond logo uh, as it uh, the credits roll and it comes out. Then we see uh, the third Doctor, uh, John Pertwee. Something interesting about this is this would have been Pertwee's final season, right? That they mm-hmm. debuted this. And in fact, a lot of people associate this logo more with uh, to- uh, uh, Tom Baker 
than they do with, uh, and rightfully so, because this logo actually went all the way to 1980 with the, I think with the last uh, one to feature it was the Horns of Nyman before they went to the kind of neon glow uh, version of it. But so rightfully yeah, show, so. Show, that, show of hands around the table. If you see this logo, I do not think Pertwee. Right. No, I, I'm not the not same usually. way. And if, in fact, this is this was the logo, the very probably the very first logo I ever saw of Doctor Who when when uh, it started airing here in the states, or at least on my PBS station. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like I don't associate the Starfield with Tom Baker. Right. Right. <laughs> and I think that's why. I probably this of all of the logos that Doctor Who has had, this is the one that I associate with the most. In fact, I, I even recently bought a, a picture before this was before the logo made a kind of return, but I recently bought a t-shirt with this logo on it because this is the one that kind of speaks Doctor Who to me because this was my first and probably as I was watching the series longest uh, visualization of, of that logo. Well, the, the other nice thing about it is like, if you go back further to Hartnell and Troughton, they're not really stylized logos. This is a lot more of a stylized logo yeah. than we really have gotten before. Yeah. There's a bit of a variation yeah. on their fonts, but this one particularly is, is yeah, as you say, stylized. I'd even go so far as to say this is kind of legit the first logo because with the title card for both Hartnell and Troughton and even early Pertwee, it was just changing the font. Yeah. yeah. It just came up, said Doctor Who, and that was it. This is an actual, legit logo. And the credit sequence was also designed around it. So as it, you know, moves down through the altered time vortex in the diamond shape before turning into the standard, you know, circular tunnel vision vortex. Right, right. I'm with you, Glenn. This this is... um, this is the soft spot because this, is, <laughs> this, 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 this was the first. Much like Tom Baker, this was the first logo. You know what I've never really noticed until I've stared at it for a while now? It almost looks like the top of the TARDIS. Oh, yeah, it like does kind of. have a bird's yeah. eye view of the TARDIS, top it down almost look. looks like it could be a top-down look at the TARDIS, which makes the logo even cooler because it adds an added depth. Yeah, yeah. I never noticed that before. Especially in the, this blue iteration of it. Obviously, when you get kind of the same thing later, but different colors, it doesn't have that effect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, yeah, definitely the color helps a lot. The uh, other thing that I kind of noticed as I looked at it longer, putting together this document particularly, is the pattern that's in the diamond itself. So the diamond is not just ge- geometrically the shape of a, of, a, of a geometric diamond, but almost with that pattern there, it's almost even you know, 70 years ago, or not 70 years ago, 60 years ago, or not quite that long. Anyway, 50 plus years ago, it's um, kind of got like a, it's kind of like an edge, like a cut diamond. You know how a diamond kind of has the different sides. And so it kind of almost looks like that. Like the the pattern in the back is almost like a diamond that's been, you know, cut like an actual mm. uh Jim, diamond Jim that's been cut. I, I didn't really, I'd never really thought of that until I started looking at it recently, but it kind of has that as well, which all the more so plays into that whole diamond anniversary for bringing it back. So, yeah, that's true. And of course, then uh, this is uh, has what's considered the blue version and uh, what is commonly called the orange version. And, and the orange version, the blue version is is pretty much shades of blue. The orange version has a, even though it's called the orange version, it has several other colors in it with the the reds and the the orange and the, the yellow in it. Um, but the next uh, logo we're looking at is the Doctor Who merchandise logo. Um, this is the logo that accompanied a lot of uh, merchandise for the classic series from the 1980s all the way up until 1998. Uh, for the most part, this was if you bought uh, merchandise, for the most part... This is the logo that would have been on it, and this, uh, this too, probably just slightly under the television logo. This is the other one that I sort of associate because even though we didn't have a lot of merchandise over here, when I started first started collecting stuff in the '90s, late '90s Doctor Who merchandise, it still even had a lot of this on because it was stuff that I was finding in in comic shops or you know merchandise stores that were specific to you know niche stores 
And uh, so even some of this stuff that was sitting on the shelves in the early to mid to late 90s still even had this logo on it, even though they were printing, you know, new stuff with kind of the McGann logo by the, by 96, uh, which was just kind of a rehash of, of even one of the Pertwee logos. But uh, some of that was also on stuff, you know, the DVDs was, was carrying that logo as well. But there was stuff that I was picking up that actually had this logo on it as well. So this was another one that it's kind of what I think Doctor Who. I just associate this logo with with Doctor Who. I would agree. This is almost the most Doctor Who logo to me. Also because it the bright color palette speaks to the aesthetic of the show, especially in the classic era. And had I not really stopped to think about it, I would have assumed this would have been used on television at some point. But I think because of how much merchandise probably was out there with this logo and how much I saw it elsewhere on other stuff, I just have always associated it with the show. Yeah, I'm the same way. This one, even quite honestly, even more so than the actual TV screen logo. This to me is the Doctor Who logo. Um, Because while we didn't have access to a lot of merchandise, it was on every single thing that came out the target novelizations the vhs tapes um you know the 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 yearbook if you could find it it was always this orange and blue version this variant and so to me this is doctor who this is what the logo looks like and of course because uh doctor who weekly and doctor who monthly publications were uh, being printed in the 1970s, well, I should say Doctor Who Weekly from 79 to 1980 uh, carried this uh, a variation on this logo, uh, slightly different colorization, and where the uh, original logo has the Doctor bent in a kind of a semicircle over the Who, the logo for Doctor Who Weekly goes a step further and actually kind of makes it a little more symmetrical by doing a curved uh, uh box on the bottom and putting weekly in that so we have the doctor and weekly framing who and uh, it aesthetically it almost looks better because i mean, I, I would say better yeah well aesthetically it almost looks better because it's almost symmetrical but the longer i stare at it then the more it bothers me because the top of the diamond <laughs> peaks up over more than more, the bottom of the more, diamond yeah. and so that's like that's a little bit irritating you got you weekly have to shift <laughs> all of it up a little bit more yeah, yeah. And I, I think they're going, you know, based on the already placement of Doctor and Who and just kind of slapping yeah. the weekly on there. And that's why it's done that way. But I think you easily could have just adjusted up. Um, it's I'm, odd. You, you also lose the added features to it, the bottom part of the diamond not having that little shape there. Right. and You don't have as much half pattern circles in the background. Not there. Yeah, it nope. makes it a little bit more of a... A simple diamond. I also think one thing I don't like about this is the, the coloration. It's just almost, it almost clashes with itself a little bit. It's almost like the, the, those colors don't quite go together. It's like they were trying to sort of match the colorization of the orange logo, but it's just not quite there because the, the colors are more pastel and muted. Well, they're trying to yeah. save costs on the printing. Well, that's true, yeah. It's it's an Easter Sunday version of the logo, and it just doesn't quite work. Um, what's really odd for me is I, I have a very classically structured brain, um, and, and when I say that, I, I look at classical architecture. And if you're going to put a wing on one side of the building, it needs to have a wing on the other side of the building. That's I, I like things that are balanced, and so the quote unquote my Doctor Who logo with this orange one with, you know, all the detail and, and the oddball colors should drive me nuts because it's unbalanced. It, 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 it's this kind of weird, you know, we, we, we had a diamond shape and then we just kind of threw details on top of it. It's like it's layered and it's got more and more layers that, that go toward the bottom. But then we kind of sort of made up for that by putting words on the top, but no, that's the, you know, it, it's, it's very unbalanced. It's a logo. Mm-hmm. That's rectified with this Doctor Who Weekly because, oh, we're going to put the curve bar text on the bottom, but it doesn't work for me. It, it, it just, it's so strikingly wrong simply because I'm so used to the other one. <laughs> <laughs> 
Does that make sense? That oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I see what you did there, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, then, of course, uh, the uh, when Doctor Who Weekly became Doctor Who Monthly, there was also a logo change uh, at that time. And uh, this logo went away. And, in fact, they went with the variations of the logo that were very much in line with. Uh, one of them was the, the neon version. I think at one time the... Uh, McGann version was was on the logo. I think even one time there was a kind of a crazy weird uh, Seventh Doctor logo version on the front of the magazine at some point. But in 1991, at least from 91 to 94, issue at issue 170, they brought back this diamond logo um, with a, a a new look. They fixed a problem that I have with it somewhat because now it's showing too much at the bottom but they uh they didn't stylize the bend in the uh uh magazine where they've got the the text box and they've done it straight across which i think even aesthetically is a little bit better but now too much of the little diamond pokes out beneath so it's still not asymmetric yet but um but this was this was a return to this logo and this logo, the particular one that I'm showing here, I just picked because it is a slightly different coloration. But the logo itself on Doctor Who uh, Monthly at this time, the, the colors changed quite frequently. In fact, sometimes they were that classic orange that uh, we're familiar with and we talked about earlier with the merchandising. And sometimes it was just it was slight variations on this color as well. So it wasn't always the same. They kind of switched up the color palette on it a lot. So this is just one representation of what would have been on the uh, Doctor Who Monthly magazine. What did you guys think of this one? Um, it serves its purpose. It's there. I don't like the colors. Um, I, I, I like, like the colors the a little more than the previous one. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the the magazine tag being uh, squared off, and and um, you know it, it's centered up a little bit better underneath the, the who. Um, but that makes the top doctor curve look all the weirder, and the fact that well, it I don't did... know, unlike Doctor Who Weekly, which is red background and white letters. Doctor Magazine is yellow background, red letters. Oh, and then we've also got this bold black print down at the place. Like, uh, it's just, just pick, pick a well, font and a color, guys. No, <laughs> number one, it didn't look weird until you brought it up. To me, <laughs> but number two, also magazines in a different font, which kind of throws yeah. it off a little bit as well. But 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 what's weird is that this logo, honestly, is addressing all of the problems that I had with the previous logo, but I still don't like it. <laughs> It fixed it, nice but it was the wrong fix. The nice yeah. thing about it is it does accentuate the Doctor Who more than the magazine, whereas Weekly is kind of all a part of it. Yeah, yeah that's true. Weekly Doctor is almost too big because it feels yeah. like it's a bolded font or something, and it's like, okay, we get it every week. It's <laughs> Doctor Who Weekly, where this is Doctor Who Magazine. Right. Magazine is just slightly smaller. <laughs> Doctor Who Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no not 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 really a fan of that one yeah and then moving on to the next one uh for the 30th anniversary so the 60th wasn't the first time to do this the 30th anniversary actually brought back the doctor who diamond logo and doctor who was not on the air at this time but uh they were uh using this as television promotionals i think uh maybe 30 years in the tardis uh had a similar um i can't remember I've, I've seen that but i can't remember what's in the front of this but this would have been the promotional materials for the 30th whenever you would have seen branding for the 30th anniversary uh this would be the logo that you'd see um this time now they've they've gone back to for the most part that orange logo although this one gets a little washed out because it's it's a tv capture here but um if pretty much come back to the the classic uh orange logo and then they've put a banner across the button bottom almost a ribbon banner with the 30th anniversary in it and then of course below that it has the years 1963 to 93 so um i'm, I'm glad they picked this logo uh, for the 30th anniversary, because I think it kind of encompasses everything we talked about about this logo, uh, kind of being the symbol for the show and kind of its boldness and and what it says about the show. Even though from 63 to you know 73, 
there wouldn't have been this logo around, but I think it still was a good representation of a good chunk or a, or a good number of years under under this logo. Well, it even calls up to mind partially the you know the later seasons logos with the star background and the lens flare in the corner. Yeah. So it even plays tribute to that, and the banner, the ribbon banner at the bottom nothing screams 90s more than you're, a right. you're absolutely right yeah <laughs> that thing was everywhere and that was, that particular know. ribbon banner too <laughs> with yeah, that exact yeah. fold and everything <laughs> maybe not always so sharp of edges yeah yeah always always there <laughs> you know it's funny i was going to comment the exact same thing the lens flare uh look of it and the and kind of the the blue um uh, drop shadow really almost calls to mind the neon logo uh yeah. and, uh, even though we're using the the, the you know quote-unquote classic um but I, I think it's a good take on the anniversary uh on a on, you know it's, it's a nice update of a classic um even with the <clears throat> very 90s ribbon banner um but then even including the dates down at the bottom which is kind of a nice touch too i always like it when you can say you know established 1963 and everybody goes oh yes you're old <laughs> well it, it it also requires me not to have to do any mental math and i very much appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> no no nobody i was told there would be no math nobody <laughs> likes to do math uh, well then moving on uh the uh, doctor who missing adventures which uh, virgin publishing had the rights to doctor who at this point and uh, they were publishing the uh new adventures of doctor who uh, with a different kind of banner on that. But when they did the Missing Adventures, they chose to go back to this classic diamond look. And this diamond look actually is quite similar to what uh, we've got now with kind of an inverse with the Who, because in this one, the Who is, is very bright white letters and almost has kind of a metallic sheen. Doctor is still in white letters with the blue on the background. But I think what this one does right, and I don't know why... Because it's, we still haven't fixed the asymmetry of it. But I think the Missing Adventures font on this works. And I think part of that has to do with the fact that it doesn't get too fancy or distracting. And the font is just subtle enough that it makes a point. And so I think that looks better when you're going to have a box with letters under it. Unlike the magazine one that we, we talked about earlier. This is a really nice, sleek... Um classy update of 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 the diamond logo um the kind of gunmetal look to it um again we still get a little bit of the uh, uh, uh solar flare uh, uh bouncing off of the the light glinting off of the who and um the missing adventures i think what makes the missing adventures banner work for me better than the others is that it's not highlighted in, in that the, there's no um, there's no shadow box or, or line around it. It's just a blue bar across it. And for some reason, that keeps the focus on Doctor Who as yeah. opposed to Missing Adventures, which I think is the problem with the the weekly and the magazine is yeah. they really kind of draw your eye into that. And this is just there. So I, I, this this to me is a very classy, cool update to it. Yeah, they didn't add any of the stylization to Missing Adventures, which I think is a, a tick in its benefit. It also almost feels like it could be in a comic book. Like a very yeah. comic book-esque logo, which mm -hmm. I, I like that about it. Yeah, I, I agree with what everything else you guys said. It's a very nice, modern, up-to-date version of it with uh, some nice beveled edges and shadowing. And we did lose the the, the background um, graphics of the the diamond itself. Yeah. But I think I'm okay with that in this instance because it it, it maybe would have looked a little too busy or something. Well, and I, yeah, with with what they did to Doctor and Who, I think it would have been way too busy to have additional details in the background. And I think what with the Doctor Who Weekly and the Doctor Who Monthly both logos both still tried to kind of incorporate some of that pattern in the background, and I think that's part of the reason that doesn't work. This one just kind of does away with it, and it, I think it makes the Doctor and the Who part pop a little better. Um, 
not that it couldn't have that texturing in the background, but I think with the missing adventures across the bottom, it, going to take away from that a little bit anyway, just doing without it altogether, it works better. And then, of course, finally we land on the 60th anniversary uh, logo. And, of course, I've got two versions here because, and this may have come out before Sean pointed it out to us, but when the 60th anniversary logo came out, it was this really kind of blue stylized look of the classic uh, diamond logo. I, I didn't clue in on the idea that this is the 60th diamond anniversary. And it wasn't <laughs> until Sean pointed that out. And it wasn't until after Sean pointed that out that then I later saw the 60th anniversary with the diamond texture. Uh, the 60th anniversary logo debuted back in 2022 in October. And then uh, the diamond textured one came out uh, just recently, I think back in January. And so I couldn't remember if you had connected the diamond uh, year uh, before this came out, but I remember seeing this after you said that and going, oh, well, now it's super obvious. <laughs> <laughs> for for those of you that didn't get it, boing. <laughs> but I, I really like this, I think because it harkens back to that very classic design that was on all of the merchandise, uh, but they chose to use the the blue, which I think matches the aesthetic. Because when I think Doctor, I think of the Doctor Who. I think of the TARDIS, which I think is you know in the realm of this blue. Uh, I think back to that original logo on TV, which was blue. It probably would have been a richer blue had we had more high quality televisions back there back then as well. Yeah. It comes across a lot paler than this does, and I think the 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 bold dark blue of this, which this is my actually my favorite color of blue too, so that I'm a little biased on this as well. So my favorite logo in my favorite color is just like the cream of the crop there, but uh, but I really like this. I'm glad they've invoked this. I know there is a lot of people when this came out. And, and they're mo I think they're most mostly new who people. I think they're mostly people that came to the series more recently. They're not of our age. Uh, they they weren't exposed to the classic diamond logo back in the day. But those there's a lot of those people that I've seen say it looks too cartoonish. Um, I don't get that. I don't think it does. I think that maybe because and Keith had talked about this in, in one of the earlier ones. I, I was just a missing adventures one that that felt very comic book, and I kind of would maybe equate this look to that, but I wouldn't say, I wouldn't go so far to say it feels cartoonish. Well, I think the the Diamond logo has a certain camp level to it overall, which is ingrained within the show, and having it back for the new series helps bring that kind of camp lightness back to the to, to the logo that we haven't had before. Yeah. I also like, I like the, the highlight around the Who aspect of it. It makes it nice and different enough and makes it stand out. This is the greatest reinterpretation of a logo in the history of reinterpretations of logos. Everything about this version is perfect. Anybody who complains about, oh, it looks too cartoony, I think is because they saw it for the first time on the blue background of the Disney Plus service and they are automatically attaching two things in their mind that don't necessarily go together they're taking disney and doctor who and thinking animation and that's why it's going to a cartoon look because the logo itself does not look like a cartoon the, it's cgi that's for sure well <laughs> but the, the 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 yellow highlight the piping around who really makes it pop it, it stands out without hitting you over the head like the red in, in the classic logo, the fact that it's all shades of blue and, and all complementary to each other. We've got the blue, we've got the yellow and then gray, and that's it. It's, it's a very clean, simple look. But then we go one step further where the blue within the diamond logo is much deeper and darker in the center. So the who floats over the top of it a little bit more. It gives it that impression of some depth. And by keeping the styling, uh, styling at the bottom of the diamond, it almost kind of gives the impression of the time vortex kind of sinking back into that. It, it, it almost has a 3d effect to it, but it's very subtle. Um, it's, it's got clean lines. It just, I, I was blown away when I saw it and fell in love instantly. My, my first reaction was, Oh my God, I can't believe they brought the diamond back. 
my second reaction is, man, I love that look. It, it's, it is just perfection. And I might even prefer this one over the classic well, diamond for, for myself. That's how much I like this oh, one. Wow. Yeah. And I like the moving on to the, the diamond texture one. I do like the diamond texture behind it. It's a nice addition to it. Um, you know, to kind of keep hitting that nail on the head. Yeah, the, the the diamond texture of the diamond logo to really accentuate the diamond anniversary um, with, again, the 60-year banner at the bottom that's done correctly because it's square as opposed to the the, the, the arching. Uh, is, is It's just a nice touch. I don't prefer this one to the, the, the quote-unquote standard 60th anniversary logo, but I appreciate the tongue-in-cheek kind of, yes, this is what we're doing. And it, yeah. it, it just it gives it a nice a nice bit of flair. <laughs> Keith put in the chat for I gotta add this now to the video. But Keith put in the chat the Doctor Who magazine logo. There's a magazine one too, which is it's just basically this version of the uh, the standard 60th anniversary with magazine in a straight box across the bottom again. Although it almost works a little better this time. I don't, I, I think that because they kept the design back. Yeah, and this the time. and the font is much more like what the it matches. Yeah, the font, yeah, the aesthetic of the font is. They, they fixed the magazine or weekly logo and got it right. I just wish they would have raised it a little bit and we'd have had to, some asymmetry from top to bottom again. But apparently I'm the only one that cares about that. <laughs> <laughs> apparently <laughs> all right well sean or uh, sean already uh pretty much stated <laughs> what his favorite was uh keith what's your favorite of all these logos I think of, my of the favorite diamond is, logos? is is the orange one the one that was on all the merchandise i have a i have that on a shirt too actually so that's i think that one's my favorite i think i land on that too because the more i think about it it's almost it's almost the perfection of the TV version of the logo. And I say that only because if you're going to put this on something that you want to pop out and grab somebody's attention as far as merchandise goes, this is that logo. And I think aesthetically the, the colors are just right. I think the uh, the font is perfect. I mean, it, it all of the fonts, of course, you've only got Doctor and Who. You haven't added Weekly or Magazine or anything into it. Uh, <laughs> and so it, it works, uh, you know, uh, on that basis as well. But I, I would have to agree. I think the, the the classic merchandise orange logo is still my favorite. But it is very, 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 very close second with the new <laughs> 60th anniversary logo. I will allow that maybe the new hotness is influencing me. <laughs> you know, just just that it's it's like, hello, old friend, how are you? I mean, it, it just brought this nostalgia button pushing warmth, and uh, you know, if you want to push my nostalgia button, I'm okay with that. <clears throat> Ask me again six months from now, we'll see if it still holds up. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, well, that's our. Uh... That's our review of the uh, Doctor Who Diamond logos through the years. Uh, let us know what you think. You can send some feedback to us. We're asking you to send feedback again. Feedback to travelingthevortex.com or you can send it to uh, travelingthevortex at gmail.com and let us know what you think. There's also a uh, little box you can click on our website still that I think gives you an option to send feedback. I'll, I'll have to double check that. And uh, what do we got coming up next on the schedule? Uh, next on the schedule, we've got a battle royale between the diamond logos. We're going to pit them against each other uh, and all the other Doctor Who logos and ask you what your favorite is. No, I'm kidding. That's going to be saved for the 70th anniversary. Um, coming up next, we're going to uh, dip our toes back into uh, the, uh, the the war, uh, the time war, uh, with the War Doctor Begins, Forged in Fire. Uh, this is the one that we decided we needed to go and insert. No, it isn't. We already did that one. I'll catch up <laughs> with my brain here in a minute. Uh, continuing. This is the beginning of Act 3 of the epic uh, year-long discussion of the Time War. So we are now at least finally, officially, into the, the third act uh, with uh, The War Doctor Begins and uh, that box set. And then we step aside from the Time War once again to do a review of the new ish uh new to us anyway uh, uh, blu-ray and dvd release of the animated abominable snowman the classic trout adventure complete finally 
in a new format. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll return to uh, the War Doctor with the next box set of The War Doctor Begins from Big Finish, uh, Warbringer. And then we do another interesting little bit of our uh, uh, 60th anniversary tie-in, if you will, where we're going to start taking a look at Season 6B, the fabled, but not quite so fabled because it is canon now, thanks to Uncle Terry, uh, what may have happened to extend Patrick Troughton's run. And we'll take a look at the, uh, you know, re kind of recap the war game. Since we've already reviewed it, we're going to go full on in it, but we are going to do the, uh, the the TV story or book version uh, and then uh, also there's a short trip out there called War Crimes. We'll be looking at, uh, and that's also a book. So we'll be pairing those together before moving on into other avenues. Yeah. Um, before we go, I would like to uh, extend a very happy birthday to Rachel over at the uh, Five-ish Fan Girls. Uh, she just celebrated her birthday this weekend, and uh, it's a big number for her. And I'm not going to announce what that number is on <laughs> over the uh, podcast, but uh, it is a, a milestone for her. And congratulations to her for reaching that. And very happy birthday. We can say her. it is not a Diamond Jubilee. That's right. It is not a Diamond <laughs> Jubilee. Far from it. <laughs> And don't forget, you can find us at our website, TriumphTheVortex.com. And if you get any value out of this podcast, why not consider putting some value back into it? You can do that by clicking on the Patreon link and consider, link and consider supporting us. Uh, when you become a patron to this podcast, you unlock more audios and specials from us. And, of course, uh, we are doing our great Traveling the Vortex Doctor Who trivia quiz. We have number two up, and this week's host or uh, master of ceremonies is Keith. So uh, Keith's got ten more questions for you. Uh, you can uh, become a supporter. You know, just a few dollars helps us out tremendously each month. It helps us keep the lights on here. Helps us keep our server. Helps us uh, keep continuing to bring you, you know, this Doctor Who content that hopefully you're you're enjoying. Uh, and then uh, you can also consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to this podcast because uh, that helps us tremendously as well. That gets the word out. Uh, people, when it bumps us up in the ratings and it gets our, our recommendations up there, that helps us out tremendously. So if you could just give us a five-star review, even say a few words, uh, that would be great. It helps us out tremendously. And then, of course, make sure you join in the conversations on our listeners forum on Facebook. There you can engage with listeners and share your thoughts and insights with us and others. Is there anything else that we need to do before we finish this program? If not, until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. Happy birthday, Rachel. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Direction point! Direction point! A Doctor Who Podcast Network.